Hello, 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 and welcome to today's live. I'm just going to give a minute for everybody to get situated before we get started promptly at three. I am going to be sharing in today's live stream for our group, our monthly live training, some of my strategies to help you balance your growing workload because um, we all know that healthcare keeps changing. Like every time you go to work, there could be something completely different and you have to be able to lead these changes and navigate effectively. And on top of that, there's this lack of resources that we've all had to adapt and deal with for a very long time. And as I am, I was preparing a speech for um, an upcoming talk that I have to do in a few days. And when I was looking at some of the trends to look forward to for this year and beyond, a lot of the things that we've been dealing with even before the pandemic are not going to change. So now it's about if these are things that are not within our control, how do we continue to lead effectively without losing our sanity? And I do have one. All right, so let's see. It is three o'clock. Let's go ahead and get started. I have one, two, three, four, five, six strategies that I want to share with you that I not only use in my own professional life, but that I also teach my clients to use to help them balance their workload. We all know the saying that if you are not taking care of yourself and not filling up your cup and not being there for you, then you're not gonna be able to be there for other people, for your job, for your team, for your patients, for your family, whatever it is that you um, have to worry about. So the first strategy that I wanna to talk to you a little bit about is essentialism. Um, oh, and I want you to make sure that you listen through to the end because I have an opportunity for you that I wanna share with you that is going to help you further ingrain strategies, help, support, accountability, tools that you need to be a better leader. Um, so I would, I'll talk about that at the end. But so first thing I want to talk to you about is called is something called essentialism. We hear about minimalism when it comes to decluttering our house and decluttering our material things. But a lot of in a lot of instances, we really don't take the time to talk about essentialism. And essentialism is basically minimalism when it comes to your mind, your body, and your soul. And unfortunately, a lot of us have been for a very long number of years doing the most when it comes to our commitments and our personal and professional life. We've been doing the most when it comes to holding on to this emotional baggage and trauma and not taking care of our health and our bodies and all of the things. And because of that, when you do have to work in these demanding and chaotic environments, you find that you are overburdened, overtaxed, and stressed more than you would be had you done a little bit of decluttering, for simplicity's sake, around the things with the mind, the body, the soul. So the first thing that I always like my clients to get back to that I like to work on when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling out of balance, when I'm feeling like I need to calibrate around the demands that I'm faced with on a day to day is to get back to what it is that really matters and prioritize. And it's not the prioritization where we learn where this goes first, this goes second, this goes third. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. There's also some prioritization that needs to happen with the things that you allow to take hold of your mind, take hold of your body and take hold of your soul. So 
want, the first thing that I want you to do is take an inventory of some of the things that you're holding on to. And it's going to be deep. Um, like for instance, in this conversation that I'm going to be having in this speech that I've been invited to talk to, talk at a conference I've been invited to talk at, I'm going to take them deeper to like where even things like guilt, resentment, heartache, depression, all of those things can make it seem like your job is throwing you off balance when in reality it's these underlying things that you have just allowed to take over you unconsciously for decades that you need to clear out. So that's number one. Essentialism also is going to go a little bit deeper because for some of you, it is about prioritization. It's about looking at the workload that is part of your job description first and foremost, because I find that leaders get pulled in all different directions and forget to focus on what they need to do their job and start, you know, makes important tasks and other people's job your priority. So I really want you to look at what's the priority for what you need to get done, the priority for what your team needs to get done. And when I'm saying prioritize, for those of you that are nurses, I don't know if like doctors have the same thing. Everything is going to be the right answer. Everything is going to be a good answer. Everything is going to be a good thing to spend your time on, right? There's nothing when you have five things coming at you at once, they all can be things that need to be taken care of. But it's your job to look at the things that are coming at you and think about what is the best thing that needs time and attention right now. That is what prioritization is. Um, and a lot of the time when you start to pick apart where it is that you're being pulled on the day to day, what you spend your time on, what you spend your tasks on, you're going to find that a lot of those things are very important, but a lot of them are not urgent. And especially if you are doing things that may not, I'm not going to say not outside of your realm of possibility, possibility to help with, but it may not fall under your particular, I would say, roles and responsibilities. To me, those things are going to be more urgent depending on their impact because those are the things that you're going to actually lose your job for, the evaluations, the difficult conversations you need to have with your team, the reporting, the uh, process improvement, all of those things. Those are things that are priorities as a leader. Secondarily, there's going to be all these important things that come up. So prioritizing for you is not about everything seems important, so I got to do all the things. It's about, well, what is the most important thing? What is the urgent things that I need to get done today that are going to make the most difference for me, for my team, for, for whatever? And not only do this for the things that you have to get done as a leader, you need to also look at this for your team too. It's about essentialism across the board. If you want to run a team that is effective, impactful, and is getting stuff done. This may require some testing. So you may have to come together in your own life and look at your life and some of the things that you may drop, think you need, can, need to drop, and you may drop those and you may find later on that, uh-oh, that was a mistake. I probably should have put that more in an urgent category as opposed to an important or less important category. So you're not going to get this perfectly the first time that you try it, but it's about testing. It's about um, reiterating. It's about 
not being afraid to fail a little bit to see what is the really the most impactful things that move the needle and i'm going to talk about why this is important further into this conversation so when you prioritize know that you may need to do a little bit of testing and tweaking in order to find the right formula that works for you that works for your team um so essentialism and we can have a whole whole class on essentialism um so if you would like me to talk more about how you can incorporate this in your life and why the lack of essentialism in your life may be what's truly making you feel disconnected from yourself making you feel like no matter what you achieve you don't feel like you're where you want to be making you feel like you can't make strides in your life making you feel like you're overwhelmed on the brink of burnout irritable depressed sleepy all the time tired low energy all the things okay one essentialism the second strategy that you can incorporate to start to learn how to balance your growing workload is to make sure that when you are taking time off that you really are taking time off for real there was a study that i i think i've i don't remember it it probably was a few years ago that showed that when people take time off they really don't take time off and a lot of things right if you have the weekend coming up you're going to have to get some things done right or maybe there are some urgent remember you have to learn the difference between important and urgent there may be some urgent things that come up that you may have to deal with when you are technically off but you should learn to get better at taking time off and being off for real there's a lot of us that have this guilt factor around well, if I sit around all day watching TV and really recharging and resting or staying in the bed all day, then I'm lazy. So you feel guilty that you're not doing things that you would have, should have, could have done. And when you do that and when you continue to push forward, even though it's not professionally work related, but you're still doing these tasks without taking real restful downtime, then you're going to find that you're not going to feel balanced. So learn to designate true rest um, periods and rest periods may even be not even watching TV. It may be napping. It may be sleeping. It may be silence. Think about what that means for you. But if you particularly have a hard time staying organized in your not only professional life, but also in your personal life. And so you always have all these things that pile up that you need to get done. Then again, one of the things that you need to prioritize as urgent versus, oh, this is important or I'll get to it is true rest incorporating true rest will actually give you real periods not perceived periods but real periods of restorative time where you are restoring not only your mind not only your emotions but you're restoring your body you're restoring your soul and through that you'll find that when you do have to be on again you find that it doesn't take as much energy you feel more um ready to take on challenges and tackle the day and so therefore you don't feel as out of balance when there are things that are coming up that you need to get done um, and you usually don't have a lot of energy or time for them or time for them or attention to them because you don't know how to truly take restful periods in your life the third thing that we need to do is delegate. And it was probably maybe about four or five months I did a, a episode on 
delegation. So you can go back to my YouTube channel or you can check out the Leading in Healthcare podcast for an episode. There might've been one or two on how to delegate and some tips on delegation, but the real thing of it is, and it's my philosophy. I like to say just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should be the one doing something. So again, when you're going through your tasks to incorporate more essentialism, you're going to find that there's a lot of things that maybe are important, but not urgent, or there's a lot of things that other people can do. And maybe they just need the training. Maybe they just need the room to grow into these other tasks, but there's other things that other people could and should be doing. And if that is the case, then you have to learn how to delegate more. It's hard to delegate when you see that your team is also busy and struggling and has a lot on their plate, but you have to understand that there are members of your team that want to grow. And one day they want to be in your position. They want to be a leader. They want to have the experience to enrich their career and enrich their families through better pay opportunity, et cetera. And Oftentimes, when you have people like that on your team and you're delegating um, tasks that are usually something that you do, they don't see it as you putting more on their plate. They see it as an opportunity to start to learn new skills so that they can see growth and opportunity in their career instead of coming to work, doing the same old, same old grind every day, day in, day out. So my third tip is about delegation. I have a hard time delegating because I'm fast. I'm efficient. I have a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of experience. However, it's not about me. I'm in a different part of my journey than someone else is. So it's about part of leadership is about how can you bring someone up in their journey and inspire them for growth, for evolution, for change, for all the things. And so it's about also mentoring and coaching people up into um, the next level of their journey and their career. And so delegation is a tool that is actually helpful and desired for your team members that want to further progress. Sorry, the uh, water machine here is kind of loud. All right, the fourth tip that I want you to think about, and this is gonna be a tough one, you if you have a problem with boundaries, if you have a problem speaking up for yourself, if you have a problem with self-worth and knowing what you're worth and asking for what you're worth in areas of your life. But I want you to understand that this is very important for the energetic exchange that you're giving when people are giving you more things to do, but you're not getting an energy exchange in return. So number four is asking for more compensation in some way. I find, and this is just historically, right? Uh, women more often than men, it's not all, it's not that they get, men get paid more than women for a lot of it. The reason why men get paid more than women is because they're not afraid to ask for what they want. For some reason, women are afraid to negotiate for what it is that they deserve for things that are, um, you know, for getting paid your worth. And so if you are one of those type of people, then if you are getting more put on your plate and you can objectively have a conversation about where you were hired for, 
and where you have now had to take this workload, then I don't think that you should be afraid to ask for more compensation. A lot of times, some of the reason why everything feels out of balance is because you're given a lot of energy and you're given a lot of your time and your effort without getting an energy exchange that is equal to what you would believe compensation to be compensation for the energy that you're expending. And I find that if you feel something as simple as getting paid more can take off the feeling of being overwhelmed and burned out because at least there is now your company, your organization, whoever pays you that is starting to compensate you for the energy that you're giving out. When that is out of balance, when you're giving more than you feel like you're receiving, it causes resentment. Again, it causes stress, causes burnout, causes um, loss, loss, I can't talk, loss of respect for yourself, loss of respect for your organization or whoever. So one simple thing that you need to learn how to do is to ask for compensation. I can get on my soapbox about this because uh, another thing that I want you to understand is that you're probably undercompensated anyway because you probably did not negotiate as hard and as well as you could have for the position that you're in. So you're probably already underpaid and years of being underpaid while you're trying to save for the things that you care about, save for retirement, take care of yourself, take care of your family, all of the things means that at the end of your career, you just end up making so much less than you could. And so you need to learn how to start asking for the compensation. It's not just a compensation for doing your job. It's not compensation if you're juggling the things poorly, but if you truly are going above and beyond, I think you should be okay digging into your feelings of worthiness around getting what it is that is owed to you for the work that you are doing the value the value remember i always talk about the value that you are bringing not the work that you're doing the value so are you bringing value and if you are you need to be compensated for it all right the fifth thing that i want to kind of harp on i already did a podcast episode two to three weeks ago so make sure you go back and check it out it's all about focus if you want to feel more balanced when your workload is growing, you're going to have to learn to focus. A lot of times, like I said, all these tasks come up. And a lot of times I find when I'm working with leaders is that they're not very good at understanding how to prioritize what is the best answer. What is the best thing you should be working on today? What is the best thing your team should be doing in order to have a very smooth running machine? So because of that, there's a lot of multitasking. There's a lot of interruptions. There's a lot of being spread thin. And it's interesting that people feel like they don't have control over these things when in fact you have more control over this than you realize. So I want you to practice focusing. If you only have eight hours in the day and you've identified what is a priority versus what can wait and you've tested this and you start to really get a clear picture on what it truly takes to be effective in your role and for your team to be effective in their role, then you need to learn how to focus on the things that matter and not so much multitasking. We all can be good multitaskers, but this is a fact that you cannot argue with. 
when you are focused on one thing at a time you're able to not only produce a more quality work you're able to get through a greater quantity of work available so you end up over the long haul producing a better product and usually when you learn how to get so focused that you snap into a flow state then you are also able to do these things more quickly than you normally would so at the end of the day while it seems like you may be spending an hour on reports you may get through so much work within those reports than you would if you were multitasking and doing it with quality and um like I said, covering more ground that you realize that the end product of the work that you produce, that your team produces is much better because you've chosen to do more focused, more quality work, hopefully learning how to compound that into um, tapping into flow state. All right. And so then the last, last tip that I want to share with you on balancing your workload is learning when to say no. Now, everybody at work can't say no, and you can't say no to everything, especially if it's something that's urgent. Remember, part of the reason why you're overwhelmed is because you don't know how to prioritize. It's just no way around that. But if you are someone that's scared to say no when appropriate, then you're going to struggle more with things being put on your plate. And saying no appropriately is not only about the task that you've been asked to do, but it's about objectively having a conversation with the person that is expecting you to do these additional tasks without the time, without the energy, without the compensation, etc. So you need to learn how to articulate your no in a way where other people make sense or can understand you. And usually I find that when People in healthcare in general start try to have a conversation about something like this. They often do it from subjective. So I feel like this and I just think and no, you need to have objective facts about why you are saying no so that someone else can understand where it is that you're coming from. Objective statements are facts that can usually not be disputed. So your feelings can be disputed. Your opinion can be disputed, but facts around why you are saying no to something usually cannot be disputed. And it's worth a conversation if you're truly being asked to step in a realm where you don't feel comfortable with the load that you want to do. Some of the things that can help you are um, things like bullying, things like safety, um, things like quality. Um, those are some things that you can use in your objective arguments that uh, usually your boss or whoever will also kind of step back like, whoa, and be more understanding of like buzzwords, right? All right. So say no appropriately, not only how you are in how you articulate it, but also the task that you are saying no to. And if you have a problem saying no, which a lot of leaders do. They think they have to do all the things. They think they have to prove themselves. They think they have to prove their worth. They have boundary issues. Those are not a symptom of your job because if you keep saying yes, they're going to keep giving you stuff to do. It's a symptom of you having a lack of boundaries, having a lack of self-worth, having a lack of ability to be enough in your life. And so you feel like you always have to be doing to prove something to somebody. So 
it goes deeper than just saying no. If you have problems with saying no, I want you to go deeper into some of those personal issues and clean those things up. Like I talked about in essentialism through that decluttering, that minimalism of the mind, body, and soul in order for you to be able to stand up for yourself effectively. And here's the thing. Rarely, and I've worked in a lot of organizations in a lot of different roles, done a lot of different things. If there is someone that can clearly articulate why they are saying no in an appropriate way to the appropriate task, um, and but they are good at their job, they are good at what they do, which is also essentialism. You find the focus things that you're supposed to be doing and you're damn good at them. Nobody can argue with you that you're on point. When you say no, that rarely hurts your career. In fact, I've never seen that hurt anybody's career because usually if you're on point about everything else and you say no, then people understand that there's a reason why you said no. If you also get into the habit of when you say no, you articulate it in a way that is not subjective. All right. So those are the one, two, three, four, five, six strategies that I wanted to share with you that I use not only in my personal or professional life, but also in my personal life to help me understand how I can bring more balance into my life. When I take time off, I really take time off. I don't waste a lot of time, mind, body, and soul on things that are not important. I don't live my life for other people. I don't waste my time in low vibrational emotions like the guilt, the resentment, the anxiety, even boredom even contentment. I'm always striving to do something and bring more purpose to my life. I also don't like to do a lot of stuff. I'm inherently an efficient person. That's just by nature. And so I'm always trying to prioritize the things that I do and then be efficient at the ways that I do things. And if there's somebody else that can do what it is that I can do, but maybe don't have time for or shouldn't be doing. I like to empower other people to step up into different tasks and roles so that they can start to learn what it's like to move into the next opportunity of their career. I am not afraid to negotiate for what I'm worth. So in fact, um, Greg laughs at me because I'll, it'll be like some number that probably is totally appropriate in my mind or in most people's mind for the role or the task or the contract that I'm being offered. And I'll just up it just for the heck of it, because like, why not? All I can do is say no, and then we can work back down. So I'm not afraid to ask for the compensation that I want. I am focused. I usually, when I, I come in for the day, unless something urgent comes up, I have a plan for my day so that I know what I want to focus on so that I not only get more done, I get it done faster. I get it done in flow state so that it's easier and I'm able to produce quality work so that people are pleased with the work that I do, which means that they think that I'm on point. Well, I am on point, but they also get to see that I'm on point because I produce quality work so that when I do say no, when I do stand up for myself and say, maybe this is not going to happen or maybe this task can't happen and this is why, objectively, not because of my feelings, um, then they know that, hey, she's on point all the time doing our work. So something must be off. Let's see how we can make this work. All right. 
So let me know your comments, suggestions, questions, if you want me to teach you anything more about what I have spoken about today in our live training, and I will check out the comments. I will talk to you later. Last thing I want to let you know, do not forget that if you want to learn about how to become a better leader so that you do, like I said, feel like you are in balance, feel like you are healing some of those things within your internal psychology that may have been holding you back from from being the leader that you want to be in your personal life and your professional life. The things like I talked about, like the resentment that holds you back, the not having your purpose, living for other people, not understanding that emotional intelligence that I talked about that kind of insidiously eats away at you, causes you to be irritable, causes you not to be there for yourself, your friends, your family, the things that you care about. Um, and just also the tools that you haven't been given on a practical level, like prioritization, organization, time management, all the things that help you progress in your career more practically. Don't forget the leading in healthcare mentorship round two is going to be starting in April. And so if you want to get in on that mentorship, I will leave some information with this video for you to learn more about it. There's still time to sign up for it. We're starting after spring break so that those of you that have kids can do all the spring break things and then come back from spring break, hopefully rest more rested, like I said, and recharged and ready to just kind of pour into yourself and learn some things that will help you not only in your career, but in your personal life. So leading in healthcare mentorship round two, starting soon, leave information. I will talk to you all soon. Take care. Bye.